Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Wanna tell a story now? <laughs> About a man called Shouting. Sometimes I think about what the end is going to be. But I want the church to know tonight I'm not going to turn around. I've been on this journey for 36 years. And I'm not tired yet. In fact, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes that said, I don't feel no ways tired. But every time somebody asks me, and said, what you going to do after 36 years? Where are you going from here? You know what I tell them? I believe I run on.
Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is Thursday. Yes, Thursday, May 27th, 2020. We are now on the Apple Vice video tonight with critically acclaimed bishop and founder and overseer of the Greater All Nations, Pentecost Church of Jesus Christ tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the weekly Food for the Soul Bible study sessions. We are ready tonight. Tonight we are on the air with Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. He will be talking about the parable of the wise and the foolish versions tonight. Yep, that's a good one. And he will get into that and he will take the knowledge that he has and he will share with us so we can study, study, study furthermore. Now, in the parable of the ten verses, Jesus compared Christian life with five wise versions and five foolish versions and their preparation before going to meet the bridegroom last week I talked about that was the the first ever wedding royal wedding as you as they call it just like um the royal wedding they have in England well this was the original royal wedding then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them but the wise took Oils in their vessels with their lamps, Matthew 25, 1 through 4. He'll go over the scriptures with you. I'm just giving you a little bit of a synopsis. Now, all of the virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. They had said goodbye to the world in order to seek things that are above where Jesus was and is. Colossians 2, 1 through 2, they all took their lamps with them. There was only one difference between them. The wise virgins took oil in their vessels together with their lamps. The foolish did not realize that they had to take their oils. Now, that's what Satan does. He makes sure that you are not prepared. Now, a subtopic will be for this, are you wise or are you foolish? Are you prepared or not? Are you ready to board that plane to heaven? Are you still trying to stay on the ground? 
Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the hour, Dr. Bishop Alpha Mark. God bless. God bless you tonight in Radio Land. This is the day the Lord has made, and let us be glad and rejoice therein. Thank God again tonight, amen, for my announcement, for bringing us on, amen, bringing you food for thought tonight. I want you, amen, is to be prayerful with me tonight, amen, as we go into the word of God. Uh, this is the continuation of where we left off on last week, waiting and watching. Uh, this is a message, amen, for the last day. Uh, this is a prophecy, amen, for the last day. I'm learning that, uh, in this parable of Jesus. This is for every generation. We are waiting and we are watching. So I'm saying, amen, we are in that scenario of being of the five and Wise and the five foolish. So, amen, as my daughter was uh, giving you a little highlight tonight, praise the Lord, I will briefly run run over these scriptures again. When it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lefts and went forward to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But they that wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the food is said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye. Rather to them that buy and sell for yourself. You can continue to read those scriptures tonight. We want to say amen that the Lord is letting us know about these ten virgins tonight. And we want to say amen this. This is fitting every believer that is in the world. If we listen closer to the word of God, it says there were five wise and there were five foolish. Sincere Christians are the wise virgins. And hypocrites, they are the foolish ones. As in another pablum, they are represented by wise and foolish builders. Remember, Jesus said about building your house. 
A wise man to build his house upon a rock, but a foolish man to build his house upon a sand. So those who are the wise are the foolish indeed that are so in the affairs of their own soul. True religion or true believers is true wisdom. When you really believe in the Lord, you have true wisdom. And sin is probably when you are professing the Lord and not really sincerely, sin is product. But especially the sins of a hypocrite, that's product in the sight of the Lord. For those are the greatest fools, the one that is professing the Lord and not really living anything. They are wise in their own concept. Now, we can see many of these Christians today is wise in their own ideals and in their own belief and believing that it's all right. But if you're not going according to the word of God, I'm afraid, amen, that you won't be received in the kingdom of heaven. And those are the worst sinners. Those that frighten themselves just like men. They walk like men. Some observe some form of equal number of the wise and the foolish. Christ observes, he observes us as if he would hope that the number of true believers were nearly equal to that other hypocrite. It is, amen, we're living in a day and time now that true believers, I mean, really, they gave up everything to the Lord. Christ observed them, and he was nearly equating to that of hypocrite, or at least would teach us to hope for the best concerning those who profess religion. We got a lot of people today that is professing religion and to think of them with a bit to the charitable side though in judgment of ourselves we ought to remember that the gate is straight and few will find it This way that we are walking in, the gates are so straight. And in judgment of others, we ought to remember that the capital of our salvation brings many sons to glory. 
Now, the evidence of this character was in the very thing which they were to obtain to by that they were jurors of. First, it was the folly of the foolish. The Lord had sent them out and told them, go and do a work for them. But the few of the foolish decide that they had time and they got idle-minded. They had a lot of frolic in their life. So they couldn't serve God like he wanted them to serve him. These virgins, that they may take their lamp, and they took no oil with them. They had their lamp, for there were no oil with them. They were just professing Jesus. But they had no oil. And and when you don't have no oil, you don't have no light. You've got to have oil in your vessel because oil brings forward light. And light let us know tonight that if we live a life for Jesus, then our life will produce light. They had just the oil enough to make their lamp burn for the, for the present. Just enough, amen, to say, I am a Christian. To make a showing. As if they intended to meet the bridegroom. They, they, they wasn't intend to meet the bridegroom. Go ye out to meet the bridegroom. Now the Lord is talking to every one of us. Every one of us that is professing Jesus right at this minute. He's saying, go ye out to meet the bridegroom. But many of us is careless in life. We think more of ourselves than obeying Jesus. They had no oil. The foolish had no oil in their lamps. A bottle of oil with them. They didn't have, if you don't have any oil in your lamp tonight, you are in spiritually darkness. But you're supposed to be going out meeting the bridegroom. Because there is a wedding that we are going to have to attend. It's the bridegroom tarries. It's saying in his mind that he's not coming right now. Doesn't that sound like many Christians today that is perfecting the law? He's not coming right now, so I don't have to give my all turn. They have no principle within themselves. They have a lamp of Professing in their hand. They got a lamp in their hand, but have not in their heart that shocking of sound knowledge. They don't have sound knowledge within their heart. They just got a professing 
left in their hand. They're not rooted and grounded in the truth. They're not held in the word of God, which is necessary to carry them through the service and the trials of this present state. Foolish had no oil, so when they trials and they tribulation comes, they didn't pray because they had no oil. They act under the influence by exterior indoctrinement, a void of spiritual life. They were void of spiritual life. They didn't have no life in them. They set up without a shot of a seed on the stony ground. They build a house on stony ground. Well, when you build your house on stony ground, you're not rooted. You got to be rooted down in the word of God. In order for us to make it through this Christian journey that we're living in, don't be no foolish virgin. They had no prospect, nor made provision for what is to come. They was careless. Just living a casual life, professing that they were Christian. They took lamps for a presence showing, but not no oil was in it. Make me think about there are many Christians is professing to be Christians on Sunday morning. They go to somebody's church. They say they say, but there is no oil in their vessel. They're just gone. Those are foolish birds. But no oil. They had no oil in there, and this congestion is ruining a many professions. All their cares is to. Renounce themselves to their neighbor who they now convert with, not to approve themselves to Christ. They are talking to their neighbor, but not to prove themselves with Christ, who they must hereafter fear before. As if they, if anything will serve or provide it, will be served for the present. Telling them a thing not seen as yet. And you are like Lot to his son-in-law. As one that mocked in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of danger. Lot was trying to get his son-in-law out. Outside them. But what did they do? They marked in him. 
the foolish virgin is mocking, is mocking us today. They do not provide for hereafter. As the ant does not lay up for the time to come. We can find that in First Timothy 6 and 19. Now, secondly, it was the wisdom of the wise virgin. When you are saved and truly saved, you're wise. It was the wisdom of the wise that they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They could see where they were going. The Lord wants us to keep oil in our vessels every day of our life where we can see where we are going. In this crooked and adulterous generation, we ought to have the light of Jesus within our lives. These are the wise virgins. They had a good principle within which would, which would maintain and keep up their profession. They weren't only professing Jesus, but they had a light to shine. The heart is the vessel, which it is our wisdom. To get finished. Out of a good treasure, there is good thing. Must be brought, but if the root be rotten, the blossom will be dust. Now, if your, if your root is rotten, if you are just professing, and in your Oh, if that is wicked and it is right, then you will be like the foolish. Great is the oil which we must have. It is the grace of God in a wise man, a wise woman life that we must have. In this vessel, I'm talking about in this earthly vessel, this tabernacle, there was constantly provided. It was made of oil for light. In Exodus 35:14, our light must shine before man in good work. But this cannot be or no longer unless there be a fixed action principle in the heart. If the heart is not right, then your light is not going to shine. It must shine for Jesus and love to God. Our brothers, we must act. In everything we do in religion with an eye to what is before us, 
Remember the Lord is looking at every one of us every day. He knows whether you're living a life that is pleasing to him. He knows whether your life have oil in Wise, they oil in their vessel. They did it up on supporting that perhaps the bridegroom might tarry. They didn't know when he was coming, but he told them to go out and meet the bridegroom. But regardless how long it was, the wise kept some oil in their vessel. If the Lord tarried, if he didn't come when they thought that he was coming, they still had some oil in their vessel. In looking towards, it is good to prepare for the worst. In our Christian experience that we're living in right now, if the Lord delayed, it's coming when we think that he's supposed to come. We ought to have some oil in our vessel because we don't know the hour or we don't know the minute when the Lord should come. He don't have to come to the general public or the end of the world is to come to you and I. But we must keep oil in our vessels. We must be watching and we must be waiting for Jesus. We're standing on the promises of him. He's coming back again and we must be looking for him. I know, amen, sometimes we think that it's been too long. We hold the word sometimes it's been 2,000 years ago and he hasn't come back. Even, amen, the wise sometimes, they began to lose their oil. But remember that the oil which keeps the lamp burning is derived to the candlestick from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our oil. And our light comes from the Lord himself. The good, the great and good oliver by the golden pipe of the ordinary as it is represented in the vision of Zacharias chapter 4 and 2 and 3 which is explained in John 1 and 16. Oh, we ought to have that Olive oil. We ought to have that oil in our vessel. That oil keeps us lubricated. And I'm talking about the oil of the Holy Spirit. You ought to always have that oil in your vessel. Of his fullness have all we receive and great for great. Don't just profess Jesus Christ and don't have no oil, but keep that oil in your vessel because we don't know when 
We're going to have to meet Jesus. These wise and foolish virgins, the bridegroom tarried. That is, he did not come out so soon as they expected. They were looking for him, but he didn't come. What we're looking for a certain. We are apt to think is very near. In the apostles' time, they imagined that the day of the Lord was at hand. But it is not so. They sold their possession and they were looking for the Lord to come, but he didn't come. And they find out they had to go back to their original life. But they had to keep oil in their vessel because they still didn't know when he was coming. In Ibuka 2 and 3, there is good reason for the bridegroom to tarry. There are many intermediate councils and purposes to be accomplished. The elect must all be called in. God's patience must be manifested, and the saints' patience must be tried. The harvest of the earth must be reaped, and so much the harvest of heaven too. But through Christ's tarrying, Past our time, he will not tarry past due time. Wherever when he comes, he is right on time. We are looking for him. We are waiting. We are watching. And sometime, amen, we think that he's not coming soon enough. And while he tarries, those that waited for him, they grew careless. Isn't that what's happening today in our 2020 century? Christians used to be on fire for the Lord. They would, amen, go to the house of God. They would pray, and they would praise God. They would get under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But, you know, he haven't come. Now they don't grow careless. They don't want to praise him anymore. They sat still. They are listening to the word of God, but they don't want to give God no praise. You're growing careless. And they have forgot what they were attending for. They were supposed to go, amen, wait and watch for the bridegroom. And the Bible teaches us that they all slumbered and slept as if they had gone over, looked for him. But when the Son of Man cometh, he will not find faith. 
according to St. Luke 18 and 8. Because, amen, the church is going to sleep today. The church is slumbering because Jesus hasn't come yet. You don't find that fire burning like you did of old. In very few places, you find the fire of Jesus burning in the hearts of mankind because they don't believe Jesus is coming back right now. They were apt from the delay to infer its uncertainty. The wise virgin, they slumbered, and the foolish virgin, they slept. So some distinguished it. However, they were both at fault. Some of us are slumbering. Some of us, amen, that are wise, that had oil in our vessels. We're slumbering. We're not really watching. No, we're really waiting on Jesus. We're not enthused with the gospel like we used to do when we first got saved. The wise virgins, they kept their lamp burning, but did not keep themselves awake. Their lamp was burning, but they went to sleep, spiritually sleep. Our 20th century that we're living in right now, the church then went to sleep. Spiritually, too many good Christians, when they have been long in professing, then a group remission in their preparation for Christ's second coming. Good Christians, it's falling by the wayside. They all slumber and slip into mean their care, their zeal, their grace are not living, nor their works found purpose before God. Remember, God says in Revelation, I know your works, I know your patience. God is saying to us, because he hasn't come yet, you, to the saints of God, you are not keeping your fire burning like you should. You don't went to sleep, but it's time to wake up, saints. Though all love be not lost, yet the first love is left. The Lord said we don't left our first love. We the, the, the saints of God done left their first love. Let us go back, amen, and find our first love when we really used to love one another, when we really used to praise the Lord and didn't care who see us, or didn't care who hear us. If we were 
to the disciples to watch with Christ as one hour. Jesus asked his disciples at a time of his hour that he had to go through. He said, can you watch with me for one hour? But oh, they went to sleep. In the time that Jesus really needed the support, they slept. Right now, Jesus needs the support of the church. And what the church done? The church is asleep. Jesus told the disciples after he had prayed through, sleep on now, take your rest. I sleep, says the spouse, but my heart wait. My heart is well. My spirit may be sleeping, but my heart is awake. They slumber, and then they slept. One degree of carelessness and remission make way for another. Those that allow themselves in slumbling will scarcely keep themselves from sleeping. Come on, saints. Let's wake up. Because you are spiritually asleep. Therefore, there the beginning of spiritual decay. You're dying. You're waiting on Jesus, but you're dying. You're not fasting. You're not crucifying your old flesh like you're supposed. You're professing Jesus, but you're not doing the works of Jesus. Understand the burden of they slumber and they slept. Or they are dying. They all die, wise and foolish. Psalm 49 and 10. Now, before the judgment day. Amen. Somebody better wake up before the judgment day. Before the bridegroom come, all must sleep. That is to die. But I think it is rather to be taken as we have opened it. The surprise Simon gave them to attend the bridegroom. At midnight, it is midnight in our society. When the world has done everything and the church is not really praying like they should. Souls are not coming to Jesus Christ. It is midnight. At midnight there was a cry made. Behold the bridegroom cometh. Are you ready tonight? Are you really ready tonight? Are you being one of those careless ones? Are you one of those saying, I'm going to do better because I know I can do better, but you never get to that point. 
Though Christ tarried long, he tarried long. He giving you ample time to get yourself ready. You have no excuse. You are inexcusable, old man. People have seen the judgment of the Lord up on the face of the earth, but they don't think that he's coming after them. They are hardly hard. He seemed to be slow. He is sure in his first coming. Though Christ tarry long, he will come at last. Though he seemed to be slow, he is sure to come. In his first coming, he was through long by those that waited for the consolation of Israel. Yet in the fullness of time, when he got ready, he came to his, he came. His second coming, through long deferred, is not forgotten. His enemies, shall he find their course That forbearance is no acquaintance, and his friends shall find to their comfort. That the vision is for an appointed time, and at the end it shall speak and not lie. Oh, he told us, he coming, but we don't want to believe it. I'm talking about even the saints of God that have got cold. They don't want to believe that Jesus is coming. But it says at the end, the vision is going to speak and it's not going to lie. The year of the Redeemer is fixed. And it will come. Christ will come. We'll be at our midnight, not at Christ's midnight, because Christ got light. But it's going to be at our midnight. It's going to be dark in our time, in our mind, in our heart. It's going to be spiritually dark. And Christ's going to come at midnight when we least look for him. When we least look and expect for him to come, he's going to come. And are most disposed to take our rest. It's coming for the relief and comfort of his people. He's coming, amen, for the relief and the comfort of his, his people. Often is when the good intends to seem to be at the greatest distance and is coming to reckon with his enemies. It's when they were put the evil days further from them. It was at midnight that the firstborn of Egypt 
were destroyed. When they didn't think God was going to do nothing at midnight, and Israel was delivered. My God, it's, come, it's at midnight when everything, amen, is going wrong. Jesus is coming. Death often comes when it is least expected. The soul is required this night when the rich man had all that he wanted and thought that he was going to live and live a long and possible life. The Lord says, our food this night, death is required. So we don't know as Christians today, we don't know when he's coming. But we must keep oil in our vessel. That is the Holy Ghost oil. Christ will come when he flees to show his sovereignty and will not let us know when. He ain't going to let us know when he's coming. When Christ comes, we must go forward to meet him. Yes, when he comes, we must go forward to meet him. That's what we ought to be doing right now. Going forward is to meet him. I wonder, are you prepared tonight? Hallelujah. Are you, are you, are you prepared in your soul to go forward to meet the bridegroom? When he comes to us at death, we must go out of the body, out of the world, to meet him with the affection and work of souls suitable to the discovering. We then expect him to make of himself when death comes and death come and take you out of this world. Are you going to be suitable to meet Jesus? He said, go ye forward to meet him. Can you hear that call tonight? Go forward to meet him. Is a call to those who are arbitrary prepared. Are you prepared? To be actually ready. Are you ready to meet him? He didn't say get ready, but he said be ready. Be ready. He is constant oneness. The note is given of Christ's approach. And the call to meet him will be awakened. There was a crime made. Hallelujah. His first coming was not with any observation at all. Now did they say, lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, or he was in the world, and the world knew him not. But his second coming will be with the observation of all the world. Every eye shall see him. There ain't going to be no excuse. Every eye shall see him. 
there will be a cry from heaven. For he shall descend with a shout of the voice of an archangel. Arise ye dead and come to judgment. And a cry from the earth too, a cry to the rocks and to the mountains. Though that don't know him, go ask the rocks to fall on him. Hide me from the one that sits on the throne. Revelation 6 and 16. Right now is the preparation time. If you want to go back with Jesus and you is a wise virgin, you ought to keep oil in your lap because you don't know. We don't know the hour of the minute when the Son of Man shall come. As I speak tonight, I don't know, amen. Will I see tomorrow? Amen. The address they are made to answer this sermon. They all rose. They all arose. And they trimmed their laps. Snuck them and supplied them with oil and went about with all expectancy to put themselves in a pastor to receive the bridegroom. This in the wise virgin, best spoken in action, preparation for the bridegroom, even those that are best prepared for death, have upon the immediately arrest of it work to do. No matter how we live, we still got work to do. Even even at the hour of death, we still had work to do. That they might be found in peace. Second Peter three and fourteen. Found during Matthew 24 and 46, and not found naked. The Lord don't want us to be found naked. I'm talking about right now to every born-again believer. God want to find you done. Amen. He don't want you to catch him. Amen. He don't want to catch you. Amen. And you be naked. He want to clothe you in righteousness. Second Corinthians. Five and three. It will be a day of search and concern us to think how we should then be found. How are you going to be found? My God, are we waiting on Jesus? Are we looking for him? Are you watching? We, when we see the day approaching, we must address ourselves to our dying work with all seriousness. You must be serious. Renew our repentance of sin. If you don't sin, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Jesus is coming. My brothers and sisters tonight, my time is running out on me tonight. 
Oh, but I want to give you something. I want to tell you about, amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Every counterfeit grace will serve a man to make a showing. When he comes to the to die, as well as they have done all his life long. Hypocrite is not going to make it. Lying people is not going to make it because they had no oil in their vessels when they are just experiencing like a light before death. This is Dr. Moore tonight saying amen we love you. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. This parable is talking to the church. This is the last warning that the Lord is warning the church. Be ready, because you don't know the hour or the minute when the Son of Man shall come. God bless you. Amen. Tonight. That was beautiful coming from Dr. Moore tonight, talking about the five foolish and the five wise. He'll be back next Thursday with the finale in the series of Five Foolish and Five Wise. Good night, everybody, and God bless. Check you later. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.